0: That's a polite saying I'm the old guy. <laughs> but I do count it a privilege to be part of the teaching team. And the first of the year, uh, we started a series from uh, the life of Jesus, which we always do in the first of the year, till Easter. And this happens to be a study from chapters 13 to the cross, to the resurrection at Easter. And it's entitled, Love to the End. And Pastor Brian is the one who started the series and just really captivated my heart as he shared just the whole idea of here's God in the flesh, uh, the God-man, Jesus. And he's getting ready to prepare his heart for the hardest thing that anyone could ever encounter. Perfect man taking on sin in his own life for you and I to die a horrific death. And where is his heart at? His disciples, his followers, you and I. Um, and it's just, it's just wonderful to think from chapter 13 where he kneels down in the upper room and washes their feet, such a humble unselfish example that he wants his disciples to understand. And as we get into chapter 15 this week, and I was trying to just view it all together, I again was captured by Christ's heart and what he wants for you and I to understand. Years ago, and it's funny how things pop in your mind as I started to study, I remembered the church that I grew up in, this older lady, and I can't remember even all the circumstances where I was. I think it was at church. I call her older because she was probably in her 50s and I was about 19 or so. And I don't even know how we got to this conversation, but she made this statement. Here's what stuck in my mind all these years. I believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven, and I'm just going to sit back and wait till he comes. And something just didn't sit right with me. But I didn't know enough then. Now, as I was studying, that, that came into my heart and mind is, you and I were not saved to sit on our, whatever you want to call it, and wait for Jesus. So what I thought I'd like to do is share with you just kind of a a composite of what Christ has in mind about our salvation. And I want to break it into three parts. The first part is justification. All mankind is in a state where we are separated from God when we're born Because of our sin. Um, Ephesians even says we're enemies of God. There's a wall that divides us between God because he's holy. And my sinfulness keeps me from being in the presence of God. And there's this aspect of salvation that I'll call the past. Excuse me. Everybody's got a cold. Uh, The Bible calls it justification, and I want to spend just a little bit of time on this because there may be people here, because they believe in Jesus, they believe they're going to heaven. Uh, I grew up thinking that as well until the gospel was presented to me, and I needed to make a choice on what God has already accomplished for his salvation or justification. There needs to be a time in your life when you have recognized that you're a sinner and are separated from God forever unless something happens. And salvation that God has provided through Christ is that element where we need to come to grips with I realize I'm a, sa- a sinner and Jesus, my Savior, died on the cross for my sins so that I can have my sins forgiven and given eternal life. <clears throat> Ephesians 2 says it this way. It's by grace that you're saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift not of works, nothing that I could ever do. I'm a sinner totally lost. But by God's grace, I receive that. I believe in that. I put all of my trust in the work of Christ. When I do that, God justifies you and I. Justification, it's the act where God cleanses us, forgives us, gives us eternal life. We learned last week about the Holy Spirit. The disciples at that time of the story that Brian was sharing had not received the Holy Spirit yet. Jesus is going away, but if I go away, I will give someone to you that will help you and comfort you. And then on the day of Pentecost, that came about. That the Spirit of God indwelled the believers. The moment you and I are justified, that we believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells us, cleanses us, regenerates us. We're born again because we were once dead in our sins, and God causes us to become alive again. Hallelujah. I'm justified. That's my past, and I don't want to forget that. Even when we do communion here, that's part of my remembrance. And here's a great verse that helps me understand that in Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace or union with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Scott a couple of weeks ago taught on there's no other way. You don't go to church, you don't be good, you don't hope God weighs your scales, your good and your bad, and you know the good overwhelms it. It is only through Jesus. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So we come by faith, believing in the work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, through him, we have now gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. No boasting for me. What a glorious aspect! of salvation. Then I want to share there's another aspect of our salvation. The Bible talks about it this way, our glorification. One is our past, one's our future. How many here believe because they trusted in Jesus they're going to heaven? Amen. We are going to be glorified. Um When you read this verse in Romans, it even says God sees it as already being done. Let me read this verse from Romans 8.30. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. That's what happens in the past. Those he justified, he also glorified. It's already happened in in God's mind, but not for us yet. It's coming. I believe beyond a shadow of doubt, I will stand before my Lord and see him face to face. That's glorious. But there's another aspect that the passage that we're dealing with today really hits home on. And it's this word, sanctification. Uh, It means to be set apart. Another word that we're going to look at in the verse that has is holiness. I am holy because of what Christ has done. I'm in the process of becoming sanctified or cleansed or washed or made righteous. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of him, my Father, that you are in Christ Jesus, Paul is saying, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, sanctification, or being set apart, being made pure, and redemption. That's the present. That's the here and now. I've been justified in my past, declared forgiven. God sees me as righteous because I've been given the righteousness of Christ. One day I will be totally righteous, without sin, perfect. I cannot imagine what that will be like because I know I struggle with my own sinful heart today. But John 15, if you want to look at it, we're going to have it on the screen. We're going to do a portion of the first beginning of John 15. Jesus is telling his disciples I want you to get this. There's a process in mind that I have for you from glory to glory, is another way that Jesus has said it in the scriptures. Not only have I declared that you are righteous, but I want you to know if you learn to live in me, you will become righteous day by day, moment by moment. But we need to be careful. We need to understand God's process in this. And that's what we're going to learn today. When I was growing up, this was never explained to me. Um, I was told I need to believe in Jesus. I need to read his word. I need to follow him and obey him. But they left out an issue that John 15 really talks about that's powerful. And I want to share that with you today. So let me just... uh, Ask for the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Um, There's no other way we want to preach the Word than to have it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I also want to pray not only that you would speak through me, but you would give ears to hear to my brothers and sisters here. We're family. We want to learn from your Word, your heart, how you want us to live. So give us ears to hear now as we look at the Word of God, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm the true vine. That's interesting. There's a lot of other vines. There's a lot of other noise out there that tells you there's other ways that uh, God wants you to live. Again, going back to Scott's message. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one true vine. I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. It's a wonderful picture to see how the Godhead, the Trinity, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are working together on this process of my sanctification, of you and I becoming like Jesus. What I'm about to read, don't, don't throw away. Uh, it's hard stuff, but it's, it's great stuff if we understand what God is at work at. The gardener, the father, cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes So it will be even more fruitful. And here's what we got to get. God's going to cut you no matter what. If you're not fruitful, and you're becoming a dead branch, you're useless to God. Oh, that my heart would not want to live that way. But if I am fruitful... God is constantly cutting away or pruning. We don't like to hear the sound of that. <laughs> what my heart needs to hear, and I'm going to talk about a learning to pray the way God wants us to pray cut away, Lord. You snip everything out of my life that you don't want that's not bearing fruit. Is, is that a prayer that we have? Not a lot at least in my heart, but I'm learning. I'm learning the principle of what God wants to do in my hearts. I was talking to Wayne, my wife, and we were talking about procedures, and I asked her about cooking. When she bakes a cake, there's certain procedures that she does. If she doesn't follow those procedures, the outcome is different than what the recipe really intends. It's similar in my construction business. Um, Me and my son and Dom's son, they work for me. I call them my boys. We get to work, and we have a certain procedure that I've learned over the years. This is how it works. If you do it differently, the outcome will be different. The job might not look well, and I might not get paid. So we work on that. Because it's important. God has a certain procedure for you and I. And it's very important that we learn to follow it. Now, first, let's get the connection here. He's the true vine, and I'm the branch. So the vine, if you, if you study some of just the, the growth of plants and vegetation and all that, that's where the nourishment of life comes from. Certainly, if I take a healthy branch and cut it completely off and put it on the ground, it's eventually going to die. So here's my first point. You and I get life to live for God only through Jesus. And there's many times in my life, because I know what to do, I've read the scriptures, I just do it on my own. And I recognize if I go through life just doing it on my own power, I will eventually wither up and die. Point number one, I have to get my strength from Christ. How do I do that from last week? The Holy Spirit has been given to you and I as a gracious gift, and He indwells us at the time that we first believe in Jesus and choose to follow him. Now I have power running through my life because I'm connected to Christ and the Holy Spirit is living that out. I have to learn to live in the power of Jesus every moment. And he tells them this, after he tells them they're going to be pruned, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. They're already in the process. Even from the Old Testament, they're believing, and they're keeping a lot of the the law. They're believing in God, and now they're believing in the Messiah, Jesus Messiah. But they're going to get to the place where they receive the Holy Spirit just like you and I. And he tells us this. Remain in me. Brian used the word abide. Abide. That's the King James. That's what I grew up on. There are two beautiful words. Remain in me as I have remained in you. Now let me just say this. Once the dwelling of the Holy Spirit comes, I have Christ forever. We sang about it today. No one will snatch us out of God's hands. He is in us forever. To the end, He will love us. The difficulty is, am I Christ? clinging, depending, getting my resource and strength from God. And I want to tell you at times, I don't. And I want to encourage us to think about that. Remain in me, and I also remain in you, or abide in you. There's a connection through salvation, and now the process begins. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me are you hearing that word remain abide stay connected depend on verse five jesus remind us i'm the vine you're not i'm your your strength i'm the life-giving element that you and I need to be, and you're the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What a marvelous promise. That's God's heart. I want to grow you. I want to bear fruit in your life. Fruit, what what are we talking about here? I was told years ago that that fruit is how many people you lead to the Lord. I think that's part of it, but that doesn't come close to what God's saying here. Bearing fruit is, and there's thousands of opportunities to think about the fruit here. It's, it's growing in the character of Christ. I'm drawing the strength from the vine, which is Jesus, in my life, who I'm a branch, and I'm wanting to be like Jesus. I want to see his qualities, his temperament, um, his love. And I would, I would, as I studied this and thought about all the fruits, I mean, just you have to read the scriptures to understand all the fruit. The top fruit is probably love. Um, that's even through the passage that we read. Um, Jesus' love is to the end. He will be with you and I to the end. We can count on that. Now, I can draw from that strength, that character trait in Christ, that I can love the unlovely. What's our greatest commandment? And the second thereof, to love God with all my heart. I'm growing in that process and to love others as myself. So we want to look at the fruit. The fruit, you can ask yourself, here's a fruit, contentment. Do I see contentment in my life? That's a characteristic of Christ. Patience. You could, you could add the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians 5. Love, joy. Kindness. Patience. Gentleness. Faithfulness. Self-control. Jesus is saying to us in the here and now, I want you to draw from my strength so you will look like me. You will be able to live and love like I loved. Um, what an amazing fruit! Um, we're gonna we're gonna have a later on in chapter seventeen. They'll know us by our love. They'll know us by our fruit. Do you look for the fruit? Of scripture to be in your life. There's a whole list of things we need to put off in our lives. Colossians talks about it, Ephesians talks about it. Put off anger. That's bad fruit. That's, that's not drawing strength from Jesus. But if I have anger and I want to produce good fruit, then I'm going to have a gentleness, um, a patience. If I see anger, I should say, I'm not drawing this from God. You know all the things that God wants us to be. That's what he's looking for, fruit. So he says this, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoa. Stabbed. What does he mean by that? And here's what growing up I didn't understand. And I want to make this as plain and say this as carefully as I can. There's other scriptures that support this aspect. When the Spirit of God is dwelling in me, and I'm depending on the Spirit of God, Ephesians says this way to be filled with the Spirit. Um, That word means to be controlled. Colossians says it this way, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Well, if the peace of Christ is ruling your heart, it ain't you. It isn't me. It's Christ, the Spirit of Christ in me, teaching me, working His wonders in my life that I could be a man that God is pleased with. It's possible for me to look like I'm a fruitful guy. You know, if John gets angry with me and cuts me down, he doesn't do that, though he loves me. If he cuts me down, um, I can say, well, what a jerk, but I'm not going to respond back to him. And look like, wow, he's a pretty controlled guy. Um, I can do a lot of things on my own that give the appearance of good fruit. But eventually, if I do it on my own, it will die. I need to learn to practice the presence of God. I need to learn to allow the Spirit of God to live in me moment by moment. And I know this stuff, and it's still hard to do, because I'll get into a project and forget all about God. So... God doesn't beat me up. He's helping me know and reminding me. Remain in me. Don't do that project on your own. Ask me for help. You're gonna, you're gonna visit someone that may be a tough situation. Maybe they're in the hospital and, and hurting. Let me speak through you. Let me be a comfort to them. Not just go and be nice. I want the Spirit of God to minister life from me to you. That has to be done, recognizing I have to remain in the vine. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, and now he's bringing in the the word of God as well, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now don't get the idea here, oh I'm going to remain in God, God and I'll just get anything I want. The aspect of what he's saying in here, of this whole idea of remaining, when I'm remaining in Christ, I am praying for the things that I know Christ wants me to have, or Christ wants me to do, or Christ wants me to be. That's why our prayer life, if we want to really begin to abide in Christ on a daily basis, my prayer life changes. I wake up, and immediately I'm saying, this is your day, Lord. I want to get into that habit of remembering how the Holy Ghost works in my heart. Let me read this out. This last portion, this is the only distance we're going to get in chapter 15. Pastor Brian is going to pick it up later. He might want to go back and touch a little of this, but it's tough to fit in all this in our, in our half hour teaching time. Wonderful stuff. If you have questions or want to know more, you certainly can feel free to come and share Some questions of your heart with me. I've spent a lot of hours studying this and getting excited about what God wants us to be, but not enough time today to tell you. But I'm willing to tell you. Now he goes on to say this about this fruit bearing. This is to my Father's glory. We talk a lot about this in our Saturday Men's Bible study. Westminster Confession. There's one portion that says, "What's the chief end of man?" Well, you 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 were there, weren't you? (laughs) This is what my whole life is about. What's my purpose in this life? To glorify God, and I love this and enjoy Him forever. I get to spend time, hang out with the living God, but it's for His glory. I've got to burn that in the depths of my soul. I'm living for him. We'll say it this way at church. It's not about us. Everything we do, the meals we make, the clothes we send to transnistria hopefully you're doing that with the power of God. As simple as that is, putting clothes in a bag, bringing clothes from home, going through closets. Lord, let me do this with your energy and your power and your enthusiasm. And God will give that to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. You want, to, you want to know some of the things God wants us to do? Bear fruit in His power. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. So here it is again. Now, remain in my love. Abide in my love. Just as I have kept... oh. I'm sorry. Now remain in my love if you keep my commandments. That's a a simple thing to watch too. If I get a sense of obeying God, I recognize the Spirit of God is working in me. Because my flesh, my carnal nature, my sinful nature doesn't want to obey God. Who does it want to obey? Me. That's what my sinful nature does. That's what your sinful nature does. But when the Spirit of God is working to bring about fruit in your life, you want to obey. You have the power to obey through Jesus. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. That's part of the fruit we have. And that your joy may be complete. Do we see fruit of joy, peace, Gang, it's ours to have in Jesus. If you're down in the dumps, spend time alone with Jesus. Cry out to him. Fill me, Lord, with your love. And believe that he will. It's his will. I want to, uh, I want to have Jeremy come up and share this song that I heard uh, a while back. Um, simple song but it's a great prayer for us to have. Um, after he sings it, I want to just share a couple more things and then we're going to sing a song, close and off we go out through, through the week hoping that you'll be touched by going to Jesus and saying, let me abide in you this week. Let me purposely draw upon your power so that you will remain me all day long. Jeremy? <laughs> In
1: the morning I rock in the morning when i ride in the morning when i ride give me give me jesus give me jesus, give me jesus. Give me jesus. I am alone, when I am alone, when I am alone, give me Jesus, give me To die, and I come to die. Give me, Jesus. Give me, Jesus.
0: May that be the prayer of everyone here at Hope. This world offers us nothing. And my heart is that I want to believe there is nothing better than Jesus. Nothing. Fill in the blank of what this world offers. I want Jesus. And I can have him. Every moment of my life. Um, I need to recognize he's the pearl of great worth as the scriptures talk about. Sell everything you have and go buy that. He needs to be the treasure of our hearts. There's nothing better than being in the center of God's will. And we need to recognize whatever you and I are going through in this moment, tomorrow, around the corner that we can't see, if you and I are living and abiding and remaining in Jesus, he's got it. Matter of fact, he might have brought it because he wants to bear fruit in your life, and my life. And I have to know, Jesus, Help me understand that bearing fruit for you brings you glory. There's nothing greater I could do in the life that you give me and the amount of time that I have. It's Jesus. Let's pray. That our joy may be complete. Father, the world lives without joy. They're frightened what's out there. We don't have to be fearful. Your love, perfect love, cast out fear. You will love us to the end, help us to love you to the end, that we would produce much fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.